A continuation of a Tony G Show tradition. The Thanksgiving episode at this point in the season, I'm the host, Tony G, Will McCormick in studio today. And by in studio, I don't mean Tony G Studios. I mean a throwback to SNC Radio. OG. The studio. The OG. The home of the Tony G Show. The official start of the Tony G Show. We return to SNC Radio studio to conduct this Thanksgiving episode because, as I said, an annual tradition that we are continuing. Our Thanksgiving episode features our friend, Jason Fonder. Hi, Jason. How you doing, fellas? I'm doing good. good. It's good so, to see you back in studio. I'm so glad one of your cards worked to get you in the studio. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Will has not paid his tuition bill yet for yes, semester. No, what it, card turned off. To get into Tony G Studios as well, he has a hard time swiping in to the building. Do you have any? Do you have a hard time getting chicken tenders or anything like that, or at <laughs> the calf? I think no, but I think at the very least, it must be some sort of security threat for them or something. You, you got to be. Fair. I can't swipe. You're in on like some sort of list where yeah, somebody has a picture of you in that. Uh, Indiana Jones hat somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Yep. That's actually your contact picture in my phone. I think I've showed you it? it before. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, it's good to have you back. Hey, it's it's better to be, to be in person in SNC Radio Studios instead of on Zoom like we did last year. Using my Humana technology to dial in probably also <laughs> well, against some sort of company protocol. But... It wasn't even a you thing or an us thing. It's just the whole Zoom thing, looking through a computer screen. Yeah, this Then is we fun. get done with the episode, and then I'd have to edit it, and I'd spend six hours looking at the the computer screen and you know it's just good to see you in person good to see you too you've been texting me a lot throughout the course of season seven just random at random points <laughs> random pictures random stats and it's like your catalog it's like your archive of statistics and knowledge and information that you're going to bring onto this episode so i'll start with baseball sure you and i are both baseball guys you more than i you've seen a lot more than i have only one of us was recruited to play college baseball to be fair which was you, Will McCormick. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Clearly. And that's true. But I was only recruited because of Jason Fonder. Well, yeah. So it's more of like a we were both to get me to. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. To I take, I take, if I'm going to take credit for anything, I'm going to take credit for the Watska brothers. I'm not going to take credit for you. Okay. Fair enough. Ouch. Yeah. I would. Well, I mean, I would too. <laughs> I would lay my hat on the Watskas instead of the <laughs> G as well. Uh, or especially Alex Ostrowski, who you know, <laughs> fell into the same boat that I did. But talking about baseball. This recording of this episode, their Thanksgiving episode for the Tony G Show, comes a day after the release of the 2022 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot. Yeah. We might as well start here. I mean, interesting names. Starting to get to some names that I have seen or watched play. One that I don't know why is on the list, A.J. Pierzynski. That just seems like because he's a broadcaster. Let's throw him on the list. But now there's this interesting contrast that is starting to emerge here of steroid era players. (sighs) And non-steroid era players, what are your thoughts on... You You said this last year. If we're going to do it one year, throw one player in, throw them all in, get them over with, and, and I'm then gonna move you, on. I'm going to interrupt the show let you know the Milwaukee Brewers are literally calling me right now. <laughs> that is no joke. Jason Fonder is showing well, us the caller ID on his phone, Milwaukee and it says Brewers. Milwaukee Brewers is calling. Funny. What, a scouting you job? Or no. Broadcasting no, no, I'm job? sure it's just another job offer. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, they want to take you on. Well, I thought you were going to open, by the way, with Ryan, Ryan Howard. All right. <laughs> he should be a Hall of Fame. He was oh, the best no. player on the world, in oh, the, on the no. earth, for six years in a row. Come All on. Right. All are right. you, we're, are, it is really, look, Tony. You've had some bad takes. <laughs> you're good. Thank you. By the way, you're gonna in 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 the world of broadcasting, you're gonna miss because that's that's part of the deal. Oh, right? I do quite often. Yeah, you're gonna miss because by the way, if you hit every time, you just go to Vegas instead, right? That's so you're, true. You're gonna miss. Solid it's gonna point. happen, right? 
So even if you're you're six out of ten, if you're six out of ten, you're gonna miss four times. This counts as four misses. <laughs> four. Ryan Howard is not a hall. I Are mean, you kidding it's me? not even. It's not even close. How can you say that? But there's no metric that you can put him in the Hall of Fame. There's no metrics that put him in the Hall of Fame. The amount of production that he had. I mean, without him, the Phillies don't win the 2008 World Series. It well, just they don't win happen. without Jimmy Rollins either. You're not going to put him in the Hall of Fame. Well, Jimmy Rollins wasn't the best player on the face of the planet for six straight years. Either was Ryan Howard. I, 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 I disagree with that. Give me a year you think Ryan Howard was the best player on the planet. 2006, 58 home runs, 149, 149 runs batted in. So in 2006, yeah, I'm not even looking up. I'm not even looking up anything right now. Okay, you're going to tell me in 2006, you think he was he had a better season than like Albert Pujols? You think he had a better season than David Ortiz? You, I mean, these you, are some impressive even numbers looking? that you put. In. He won the MVP this year. Well, sure he did, but I mean, Adam Dunn had some impressive numbers too. Sometimes some big dudes come in and they hit a bunch of bombs, and then guys figure it out. Not at this rate. I, I, I mean, it's like stunningly bad. <laughs> All right. There was Adam Dunn did, did steroids, right? Oh no, he was just a just a giant of a man. Come on. He was just a giant. I think Adam Dunn did steroids. No did he way. not? No way. Am I thinking of Jason Giambi? Giambi did steroids. Okay. I'm yes. thinking of Jason yeah. Giambi. Giambi practically he did steroids so obviously he practically did it in front of the world. <laughs> really like Giambi's like I guess we'll say stupidity probably is what broke the steroid scandal because mm, okay. he was just so bad at it. So obvious with it. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. he didn't care. Like him and between him and Conseco, they really didn't care that you knew, and that probably does it. Yeah, I mean, so I'm just looking at. at I mean, Howard. Ugh, I don't know, man. Like, look, I'm gonna give you this. He had a couple of years where he had some absolute tanks, and he was an, a monster playing for Philadelphia. But I mean, like, guys do that all the time. Guys do it all the time. I mean, there's a guy in the Brewers this year I never heard of that hit like 29 home runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, but this year is different than 2006. This is the home run era. I three. So even at the end of all of that home run run, he only ends up at 382 for a career. Like even at the end of all of that, he doesn't even get to 400. Like, I don't. I don't know how that can you can possibly put a guy like that in. It doesn't. Like there's nothing impressive about him. See the the counter 1400 career hits. He had cuz we're going to talk about Todd Helton in a minute. Yeah. Who is legit borderline. Like people mm-hmm. don't know whether Helton should be in. He has half the hits that Helton had. 1400 hits is not a lot of hits. You're right. And that's a counter argument that I run into a lot especially after making this. This was if you want to go back and listen to it after this episode, season 7 episode 3 Sweet Swing and Lefty where uh, Will was actually out for this episode, but I talked about Ryan Howard and made the case that he should be a Hall of Famer. I still stick with that point, and that's what we're discussing now with Jason Fonder. So he's basically, he's got less of a career war than Richie Sexton. Yeah. Less of a career war than Richie Sexton. He has basically 50 more home runs than Richie Sexton. <laughs> and All Richie right. Sexton batted like five points higher. Basically the same amount of hits. See, but that's the... Whoa, whoa, whoa! Break the studio is here. breaking apart. It's like <laughs> what was that? It's basically I I like the lever here. Oh my it's like gosh. a it's like the sequel to Jurassic Park, where this place is still like covered in leaves <laughs> and pterodactyls for 20, 20 years, and we're yeah. coming back in here. The equipment in SNC Radio Studios is not just, Tony G Studios, but <laughs> that's I was right. saying, which is just your kitchen. Yeah, well. <laughs> We're not supposed to tell people that. Oh, well. wow. that's supposed to be you know it's supposed to be some high class. Just beep you know, it out. Middle mid city. Just beep. We're not <laughs> it's, supposed to it's tell your, anyone. Yeah. Okay. Just beep it out. That's a counter argument that I run to, into a lot is that he had a very steep decline to the end of his career. There was 
very little to no production after I said he was the best player in baseball for six straight years. After that, there was a very steep decline yeah. from his time in Philadelphia. Super big flash. I mean, like, get a big flash kind of in the middle of his career. I mean, it happens to a lot of guys. Is A lot of guys will just go through that kind of, you know, home run period. He just did it for a few years. I don't think it makes him, like, a scary baseball player. Like, dude struck out a ton. Oh, my goodness. Like, so many bad at-bats. Like, I, I I, understand the sentiment. I really do. I just, boy, I don't know. He's he's just one of those guys I just, I don't think I get it, like, with him at all. For four straight years, though, Ryan Howard from 2006 to 2009 was in the top four in home run numbers. 2006, as I had just mentioned in this argument, 58, 2007, 47, 2008, 48, 2009, 45. In all three of, four of those years, he had over 135 runs batted in. That is some of the highest production in six consecutive seasons in, in this small sample that I'm giving four consecutive seasons in a career where he won the Rookie of the Year, an MVP, a World Series, played a huge role, the biggest role on that World Series team. To me, this qualifies. You add all that together, I think the argument for him being a first ballot Hall of Famer is not there. But he's a guy who's going to stick on this ballot for a few years and eventually find his way in. You don't think at some point within the next couple of years that he's on this ballot? No. What is it? Ten years? He won't find do his I, way into the Hall of Fame. I mean, do I think he gets? Do I think he gets like twenty five percent of the vote at some point? Probably. I mean, I do. I think he has. And and for the same reason that you're saying is this six year run in the middle. I don't know that one world championship gets it done. You know, without looking. I, just off the top of my head, I bet there's guys with like real similar type of production spikes in that era. Um, you know, it's a weird era too because it's kind of the start of the post steroid era. He was a big man too, by the oh, way. Oh, I agree. Yeah, he was a, he was a giant of a human being. Um, but you know, I do think he gets caught up a little bit with that group of guys. He's going to have a bit of a problem, and this is what we were originally going to get into, right? Like. Who gets in off of this ballot? Yeah, yep. and if they start to allow the um, the alleged steroid users in, like, then Howard has to wait because he can't. You're you're right. I mean, he's certainly not worthy of first ballot. No, I would agree. I would even. Agree I just with think that. that that hit count is so low. I mean, just you know, if you if you would have told me, oh, and then he hung on for uh, you know five years and he uh, went and DH'd in Anaheim and ended up with 2,300 hits and 440 home runs. Like, then you're getting into numbers that you can start to justify. Not breaking that 400 home run plateau, that's a... I mean, by power hitter standards, because that's what he had to be, because he couldn't hit for average, right? Like, he didn't hit for average. So, by power hitter standards, he's got to get to four bills, and he, he doesn't get there. That's a fair argument. You know, I can't do much to argue against that. And it was the injuries that plagued his career. 2012, he only played 71 games. Followed up in 2013 with 80 games. Those years, he had 14 and 11 home runs Mm -hmm. combined for just 25. So for those two seasons, injuries did plague his career. Does get in the way. And you're right, those hit numbers are low. I still, I and maybe I'm just on the other side of baseball writers, but I still think that that's qualifications for Hall of Fame ballot. At some point, at some point. You're telling me within not one time within ten years he's not going to cross that. Would he be the first Hall of Famer with like that many more strikeouts than hits? 
Like he's he has three hundred more strikeouts than career hits. But at that point, at this point, we're starting <laughs> to see Will, that trend. Will McCormick coming hard with a woof? Yeah, because <laughs> that, that is a woof stat. Right? All right, but we're starting to change that trend now. We're starting to there's a pattern strikeouts here of more strikeouts. Okay yeah. So that is something that we're going to start. So seeing he was a more trendsetter. He was a trendsetter with like strikeouts are good. Just another reason to throw him in the Hall of Fame. He averaged 190 strikeouts in a 162 game season. Like if you took his stats and you averaged it out 162 games played. That's like Mark Reynolds type numbers. Oof. Yeah. That is a not good baseball. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, 120 strikeouts, 130 for a power hitter, 190. That's average. It's like you dropped me in the. In the you know. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of strikeouts. I I see. I do. I and I'm trying to be like polite because it's your show. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Yeah, but you know, it just you're right. Those big home run years are big home run years. They really are. Before I transition, you got something to add on here. Yeah, right? wait. So my my lack of baseball knowledge is going to be showing here. Is this the same Ryan Howard that made a guest appearance on The Office? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, I think so. As the story goes, I believe this Ryan Howard was playing for Scranton because that is a oh. the affiliate for. Yeah. Um, uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Yep. and I, I, you, you have to Google it. I'm pretty sure the show creators were there. Yeah, him? the creators would go see it, and they liked the name Ryan Howard, so they named uh, B.J. Novak's character after him. Mm-hmm. I actually, I think there might be like a like a couple of episodes where there is a Ryan Howard bobblehead, like on Dwight's desk. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, or maybe when they go to what's Jim's company the second time? Um, athlete. Athlete, yeah, I think that there is some like throw-ins to that. Well, because he, I'm pretty sure he was in an episode. I, I you probably could. I, I also but think I, so. I had heard that that's how they came up with the character name. Okay. Was that they were actually they go to the AAA games or whatever, and Ryan Howard was there. I'm not an Office buff for uh, that show. I've seen a couple sad. episodes. I know, but no. <laughs> that, no. people say the same thing when that's I say criminal. I'm not a big on Parks and Rec. Type. I've seen episodes. I've show. watched them. Your son Sam played a big role in some of the reasons why I've watched most of those episodes, <laughs> but. Uh, regardless, I'll transition here because you bring up the strikeout numbers of Ryan Howard. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to argue for or against you yet. I don't even know your stance particularly just yet. But I just want to throw something out here. Strikeout numbers, 2007, 199. Back that up in 2008 with 199. Back that up in 2009 with 186. 181 in 2005. Over 150, 170, 2010, 2011. I'm talking about Todd Hilton. Yeah. What yeah, do you think on him? Should he, is he a Hall of Famer? Helton's a Hall of Famer. Those stats are wicked good. I mean, there's there are some there's like a funny argument that some writer had wrote maybe like a couple of years ago. He said something like, "If I take Todd Helton out of Colorado and I put him in Toronto, is he just John Olerud?" And there's like really something to it because he's like, "Because I don't see John Olerud as a Hall of Famer." And <laughs> but you can't. Right. How do you take the circumstance of like where they play? All right, hold on though. I just read you the strikeout numbers of Ryan Howard instead of Todd Helton. I have both tabs. <laughs> Is he really? Yeah. I, I thought had both higher. tabs up. Because it's got to be substantially lower for a, substantially lower for Todd Helton, right? It is uh, substantially. The most he struck out was 104 times in 2001. And how many at-bats did he have that year? That's in, a steroid era, too, by the In way. 2001, he had 587. So he had almost 600 at-bats. I mean, that's a ton of at-bats to only strike out that much. It's yeah, not Ryan I mean, Howard. <laughs> to, I mean, because 50 or 60 extra strikeouts, like really, you know, a year per season. And the other thing, too, I mean, this is where Helton starts to pass that test that, that Ryan Howard doesn't get into is he did hang on and he was productive. You're not wrong. Like, very productive. Yep. And, gosh, 
you know, it's really funny because I thought about the things. I got a little hung up at work, and I thought about like 10 things I wanted to look up today before I showed up. And one of the things I kind of wanted to know was um, if there was anyone that played a substantial uh, amount of time in Colorado that made it into the Hall of Fame yet. Because I don't think so. Mm. Like Like my... Off the top of my head, like I'm sure there were people like got like cups of coffee there that you know maybe played like the tail end of their career. Yeah, because I don't think Andres Galarraga is in the hall. No, nope. um, boy, you know they had some decent. Baseball. You don't think Tula Whiskey's going to get in? Oh no! Yeah. Again, though, I mean like Tulo was one of those guys. If you take a five or six year period of time, okay, maybe the best shortstop in the world, right? Like, dude was he was on top of the ridiculous. world. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, Tulo was terrific. Even when he went to uh, Toronto, Toronto, he was really good, and so. You know, but you can't, you know, my guy is Nomar Garcia Parra. Yep. Nomar Garcia Parra, when healthy, is way better than Jeter. Way better. I mean, maybe not better than A-Rod, because A-Rod in his prime um, was, you know, maybe the best player to ever walk the face of the earth. But Nomar was terrific. And, again, you can't go off of five years. Garcia Parra had, like, a five-year period of time. He was un- unbelievable. And you just can't. I mean, the Hall of Fame is built for guys that are, like, you know, put in a good 10-year career. Really, there's very few guys that didn't fit that mold. Uh, Sandy Koufax only played like 11 years, but he also threw like seven no-hitters or whatever mm-hmm. it is. I'll get you in the hall. Yeah, absolutely. I, I want to ask you about Jeter, too, in a couple moments here. A couple questions before Because, you know, that, I think Jeter just... Yeah, like, you. Uh, one of the things I mentioned at the start of this uh, episode was that you had been... Sometimes you'll just send me information or stuff like that that you want to talk about on the show one of them is on Derek <laughs> on Derek Jeter in specifics yeah I mean well I I just in general think Jeter is the most overrated baseball player of all time. okay do I think he's like the worst Hall of Famer I mean you go back into the 30s and 40s <laughs> and 50s and you look at some of those Hall of Fame classes they are gross <laughs> like they're just disgustingly bad because they just literally voted for any white guy that batted like 260 or 270. It's just the way it was. Like they yeah. were just stacking the hall with white folks. Just a fact, yeah. Just ugly. I mean, it's, you know, it's, a, it's an ugly baseball era until Jackie Robinson comes along. And, mm-hmm. um, so the Hall of Fame is kind of stacked with just awful baseball players. And um, But I think Jeter just from an, like from my standpoint is incredibly overrated. And I don't, like the thing you can always throw back is you can go go to stats, right? Because he batted like what three ten, three fifteen for his career. And yeah. Dude played in the middle of Murderer's Row. He played in the easiest ballpark to play in in America. He played in the most expensive payroll. He played with unbelievable baseball players. That's true. And and by the way, got preferential treatment for being a substandard shortstop because even when they signed a Rod. A-Rod is a better shortstop than Jeter 11 out of 10 times. And they made A-Rod go to third base. And you know what that did to A-Rod? Ruined him. Mm-hmm. They wrecked. They were willing to wreck Alex Rodriguez, the greatest player to ever play a baseball game, period. He way better than Barry Bonds. Way better. Alex Rodriguez was a freak. And they made him switch positions until the point where he was such a train wreck. They had to bat him eighth in a playoff series. Yeah. Dear Lord. So Jeter just Jeter had no range, zero range. I mean, if he got to a baseball, like it was a miracle. The guy had he had like you could put an orange traffic cone out there next to him and have the exact same range at shortstop that Derek Jeter had. And he played in a murderer's row. You take even an average you take uh, Willie Adamas and you put him on the Yankees back then, Willie Adamas is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Okay. I 
yeah, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with you per se. I've just never really thought of this. But one Derek of the things Jeter that you sent is me, the Troy Aikman of the baseball. Oh, game. here we go. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, I like this. Instead of becoming a, a color analyst, a broadcaster, he's become the owner and operator of the. <laughs> I think I tweeted Miami yesterday Marlins. that Derek Jeter is a much he's much better at this job than he was at his last job because <laughs> he signed <laughs> Sandy Alcantara to like just a cheap deal yesterday. Mm-hmm. Sandy Alcantara is going to win a Cy Young. Sandy Alcantara is a great. Yeah, they have player. a good uh, pitching rotation. Sixto Sanchez too. I'm very high. Sixto is going to be good. Uh, Alex Ostrowski won't give him up in our fantasy league, but whatever. Um, what, on Jeter here defensively, one of the things that you sent me. A list of stats, and one of them, the last one, an 11.2 defensive rating. That means how he fields his position with respect to the league average. That is the eighth worst in baseball history. History. At the shortstop position for history. Derek history. History. Eighth worst. That's crazy. Think about how many people have played shortstop. And it, you, please remember, too, I've been alive for a long time. Cal Ripken, awful shortstop. Cal Ripken, way better at shortstop than Derek Cheater. And Ripken would. Rip Daddy was awful at shortstop. <laughs> By the way, that's also like, you want to talk about like bad baseball players like going in the first ballot of the Hall of Fame. Cal Ripken was like, like literally just punched, he just punched the clock every day and got in the Hall of Fame. Well, it was the, it was the streak that just Yeah, the streak got him put him in. in the Hall. Because he was okay. just, a, if you look at his average and stuff, he batted like 245 most yeah. years. He was just yeah. such an average player. That's like a Chris Davis type of thing where he batted 248, 249 every year. <laughs> every year, right? Chris, did yeah. Chris Davis did. Can like, we play a little exercise here before we continue moving on with this, yeah. with this episode? Throw some shortstop names out there. Who is Orlando Arcia in that Ooh. decade of Yankees baseball at the shortstop position instead of Derek Jeter, a Hall of Famer? Well, Orlando I mean, Arcia uh, hits like two fifteen. Here's the here's the big thing: Jeter stays healthy, and a big reason Jeter stays healthy back then is he takes no risk. Like Jeter mm-hmm. doesn't lay out for baseballs, does not dive for baseballs. The really the only play he's famous for, like from a diving standpoint, is when he dove in the stands that play. But watch that play. He catches it, takes six steps, dives in the stands. It's horrendous. It's, just, <laughs> it's, just, it's awful. Um, like So basically you're asking me if you take an average shortstop and you put him on the Yankees from like 1994 yeah. to 2010. Throw all random shortstops. Like, like that are just as good? Um, or who you think would be a first ballot Hall of Famer that you wouldn't think that is not a, a Hall of Famer if it's not. Brandon Crawford. Brandon okay. Crawford's a first ballot Hall of Famer on the Yankees back then. Like, just I agree. Super stud. And he's a phenomenal player. Like a stud, though. I yeah. mean, uh, uh, Bogarts. Xander Bogarts, terrific shortstop, so maybe he's a bad example. Xander Bogarts on that team ends up being maybe the best shortstop that ever played the game. Like, just so gifted uh, skill-wise and hitting-wise. He's way, way better than Jeter ever could have dreamed of. Arcia is a tough one for me just because, um, you know, even on the – you put RC on the Yankees back then. He doesn't carry the name of Jeter. They probably bat him seventh, and maybe he doesn't get as good of at bats. Okay. Jeter had a ton of at bats with uh, all the steroid guys after him, mm-hmm. so they had to pitch to him. Dansby Swanson. <laughs> Dansby Swanson would be a stud on that team. I agree. Uh, he's a good baseball player. Anyway. Yeah. I think he's he's coming around. I think I feel bad for Swanson in that. I think he got a lot of pub. Like he's one of those guys. Like. That you'll always remember, like when you heard about Dansby Swanson, because you're probably 16 years old, and he was at Vanderbilt. And yeah, he was going to be the next big thing, and then he wasn't. And guys like that are always a little disappointing. Well, that's common for the shortstop. It's common for all. There's every shortstop that gets drafted is going to be the next big thing now. Top five, ba- top five baseball prospects every year are so curious. Riley Point was just a terrific pitcher that fell mm-hmm. off the face of the earth. It happens all the time. Um, but Swanson is terrific in that lineup you know even back in the day when when nomar was playing nomar on that team 
would have been, I mean, the Yankees wouldn't have lost. They would have won five, six World Series in a row. Did you hear about the deal that got signed today? Ronda, Ronda, Wander Franco uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays. I just saw that. Yeah. Stole him. That is it. You, you think got, that's a cheap, cheap what they, deal? It was 10 years, what? One, it was 11 years. 11 years, 185? Yes, I believe so. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, that's more than uh, than Bryce uh, Harper got in his first big deal, right? Harper got like he got like 10, 140. He got 12, I believe, right? Because this it, last one, he got the big deal in the last one, but yep. because they tore up the old one. But I, boy, that's a, I mean, that is it's a, a lot of money either way. If, if Trout's getting 300, right? Trout's getting 300 mil. Mm-hmm. Wonder Franco is young. I mean, first, the weird thing for me is just more that Tampa's doing it because they've never done this. Um, That's true. But it said a lot because I always, I thought, and maybe you guys see this too because you're more Brewer guys, but I always thought Adamas was a terrific baseball player and they gave him up for nothing. They did. Mm -hmm. I mean, for what, JP, whatever his name is? Fire Eisen. Yeah. Yeah. Garbage baseball player. I think. uh, Another player too, right? Yeah, I forget who. Yeah. Bear Claw made something like that. We'll just say it's like Eric Thames, just to be funny. Just <laughs> yeah. to be funny, we'll just rem- like start naming guys that used to be good. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's a steal for a guy that's like you're going to talk about 18 million a year for a guy that not even right 16 and a half million a year for a guy that's yeah. Oh, he's, he's 20 years old. Oh, 20 years old. Yeah, I don't get these. I in this case I can understand it because he's young. But these like twelve year contracts are so common in baseball now. Ten year, ten. You plus said that years. we're more Brewer so guys. Weird. Christian Yelich got nine years at like twenty. You know my feelings about Yelich. I, I thought Yelich. I thought Yelich performed way outside of what he was going to do. And every time I watch Yelich struggle like he did last year, I'm, I feel a little bit vindicated. I don't like it because I like the guy. I think he's mm-hmm. a good dude. I think he's great for the community. But I always thought he overperformed. Who you know those couple of years, it just became normal. And then he breaks his kneecap into like eight pieces, and all of a sudden he's not the same yeah. player that he ever was again. And Will, to kind of your point, I mean, the thing you have to say though is like, is the big money worth it? Uh, regardless, in other words, like, look at Pujols. Pujols gets the big contract from from uh, Los Angeles Angels, and you say right now, was it worth it? Because like, really, he had four or five years of pretty low production. Mm-hmm. Also, but, that injury and the injury. But yeah. like, look at the first five years of that deal. Dude overperforms, draws tons of fans, like great baseball player. So sometimes when you get these like 10 or 12 year deals, you really have to look at it like they're seven year deals and then like five years of um, kind of, you know, like you're paying a guy for being a good guy. Think yeah. about like retirement, right? It's like, it's like a gamble, kind of, really. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, I remember being a kid and like uh, Magic Johnson signed a 25 year, $25 million contract, which was just a billion dollars. It was just you know, the equivalent of a billion dollars. And even like, look at the, you got to remember too, baseball has so much money to burn, like tons of money. I mean, look, that's true. Look no at the salary Mets. Cap. The Mets write that check for Bobby Bonilla every July 1st that we all laugh about. It right? gets paid a million dollars every year. Yep. He's been getting that. He's been retired for like 10 years, right? Doesn't he get it for like another 10 years? It's like some crazy number like that. Yep. So when you look at it that way, like, and the thing that makes this contract make sense is Adamus's contract will, I mean, not Adamus, uh, Franco's contract will expire when he's 31. Like, he's going to go make more money. He can still have time to mm, earn another true. contract. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a 20-year-old dude. I mean, in a way, you know, Ronald Acuna kind of signed, I thought, a deal that was way too low like a year ago uh, that he's way better than. There, the, There's something to be said 
And I think you're going to see it more and more with these guys that are like 24 and younger. If you are willing to rip up their, um, their arbitration years, like that's money in the, that's money in your hand. I read this article years ago in Sports Illustrated. Uh, somebody was holding out. It might have been like so long ago. It might have been like JPP when he was with the Giants. And they were talking about like when you hold out. And this happened with like Le'Veon Bell. When you hold out and don't get paid and then you come back like a year later and you get that big contract, that you really never make up that money you lost. Mm-hmm. Because oh. you're giving up money in hand. Even if you end up like if you're saying I'm holding out for $12 million, million a year mm-hmm. and they offer you $8 million a year and you skip that first year and then you end up getting like $11 million, like just under that twelve, you never make that up. It's like the, the, I'm not a math guy. It's like somehow the math doesn't add up with like – when you have that money in hand. You're better to have it now than you are yeah. next year. So Franco's going to get that money in hand for like four years. So you think about that. So he's going to get basically $16 million, $32, million, $65 million before he's 24, where he would have gotten roughly $2 million, right? Unless yeah. his arbitration would have been good. Maybe he even gets $10 million. You're never going to make that up. You're never going to make that up. Not to mention, like, you know, you're always just one play away from, like, being over. It doesn't take much to snap it, snap your ankle, and you're right. never the same guy. And baseball is a little more rare with that, but he has a shortstop. Yeah, it's still possible. Well, there's sure. no and these big contracts are starting to be just flashy to me because there's no well, significant sign just yet. And there's only it's only been recent that these big, huge nine, ten, twelve, thirteen million dollar yeah. deals have been signed. It doesn't show. It doesn't prove to me that they're going to stay with that same organization. Look at John Carlos Stanton signed a huge thirteen. Year thirty three hundred thirty million dollar contract with the Marlins. The next two years he was in New York playing for the Yankees. Yeah. I mean it doesn't Somebody show else that takes he's contract gonna, exactly. Yeah. That's going to happen at some point with most of these stars. Well, you know, to the point too. Like, I wonder, like, if you just like look back five years, what the biggest contract given was? Because I bet if you look back five years, and we were probably all sitting around doing the same thing, like, oh my god, can you believe how much that dude got paid? Probably right. And now yeah. five years later, you're like, well, what a steal that was. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the way I think like this this deal will be in five years. You're going to be like, man, I can't believe they got away with that. Like yep. that, that I think is the thing. It's like, yeah, is it a lot of money up front for a guy who's only played like a half a year? It is, but he looks pretty can't miss. Mm-hmm. It's hard to watch Wander Franco. And not 288, think. I think, is what he batted this year. First year, senior yeah. major league. I mean, he's younger than you guys. It's wild. I don't know. It's weird. I don't. I don't that like is it. I, like, is Manny Machado worth ten years, three hundred million dollars? Bryce Harper. He just won the MVP, and that contract looks like it's it's gonna now that pay one, off. yeah now it looks smart. Yeah. Machado was probably an overpay for an organization that had a lot of money, and they I thought agree. they were gonna win. But I don't think he's gonna budge on that either. That's something that he wasn't gonna go to an organization that wasn't gonna give him a deal like that. Yeah, and I think you know, just for me being like a Red Sox guy, like seeing Machado go away is kind of a big win for me. So I, <laughs> I just wanted him to go away. Yeah, fair enough. Any other names on this Hall of Fame ballot list that you think should get in? I just had it up. Well, I mean, I it, I this I this watch. really gets to like. The steroid question is so pervasive at this point. At this point, it becomes really crazy because the steroid issue with, to me, is always like, okay, where do you draw the line with steroid guys, right? Like, do you think they did steroids, right? Like, so you start to ask this question. Do you think they did steroids? First of all, most people think Barry Bonds should be in the Hall of Fame, right? So, I would agree with that statement. Most people do agree, do think that. Okay. So if Barry Bonds is in the Hall of Fame, and we 
kind of we can I say that all three of us are more than 50% sure he did steroids. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're we're more than halfway home. Yep. Okay. So we're agreeing to that and we think he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Sammy Sosa falls off the ballot this year if he doesn't get like 15% of the vote. Do you think more than 50% Sammy Sosa did steroids? I th- believe so. Absolutely, right? I believe they both did. So Yeah. Why is Sosa not getting in? Like six what 660 home runs for Sosa? Yeah. Like yeah, I mean, so here's where it gets weird. Well, Clemens Man- too. Manny Ramirez won't get in, right? Yep. Manny Ramirez is the like when you talk about Ryan Howard's years, right? Pull up. You want to have some fun? Pull up Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez got an eight-year, like 160 million dollar contract from the Red Sox, and it was like crazy money. Like oh my god. Look at those eight years of production. It's actually probably like six years because I think he fell off a little uh, after six years. Are you talking from around 98 to Well, look, at, look at the five? end of the Cleveland reign. So the end yep. of the time he's playing with Cleveland. because 99 that's when, to 2000, 2000 was his last year in Cleveland. 2001 was his first look, year in Boston. Look at the home runs. Look at the batting average. Look at the RBI. Batting average is insane. Two th- 1999, we'll just go there, second to last year in Cleveland. 1999, 44 home runs, 165 runs batted in. Batted 333. 2,000, 38 home runs, 122 batted in. 351. Oh, my goodness. 351. Half, I mean, almost halfway to 400 if you're thinking from 300 to 400. 2001, the first year in Boston with the Red Sox. 41 home runs, 125 runs batted in. Batting average over 300 at 306. Followed that up in 2002. By the way, this this is before Ortiz is there. He has no protection in that lineup yet. Yeah. Remember that. No protection. His his protection right there is like Bill Miller. <laughs> yeah. Because it was Garcia Parra batted two and he batted three. And then the four hitter was sometimes Veritek, uh, sometimes Bill Miller. Um, I mean, there there was no there was no one else. There was no David Ortiz yet. But he... It keeps going, right? Like those, oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it continues. I mean, just looking at batting averages, I mentioned 2002, 349. 325, 308, 292, 321, 296, 332. I mean, it just keeps going. Yeah. I mean, he's the he's the best. Like besides Pujols, I guess you could give me Frank Thomas, but Manny Ramirez is the best right-handed hitter I've ever seen. Like he's the third That's best fair. right-handed hitter Vlad I've ever. Girl? No. Struck out too much. Uh, it just wasn't. I mean, he wasn't. Manny Ramirez was automatic. What's his WAR? His career WAR is ridiculous, right? Sixty-nine point three. Nice. <laughs> I mean, it's it's dumb. Oh, it's stupid. He puts up video game numbers. He wins two World Series with Boston, right? Because he didn't win it in twenty thirteen. He was gone by then uh, with the Dodgers because they move him after uh, the mess. They move him after two thousand eleven, after the disaster, after the uh, Francona disaster um, and the collapse. Correct. So he wins two World Series. He's I don't know if he got an MVP in there because outfielders didn't get a lot of MVP. Uh, he might have he might have got an MVP in there. He definitely was top five in voting for a bunch of those years. He is absolutely lights out. And you know what, guys? He's not getting in because he was he was like substantiated did steroids. So that's mm-hmm. where you get like over the fifty percent. If I ask you, did Manny Ramirez do steroids over fifty percent? The number is a hundred percent because we know he did. At least five times he was in the top five. Never won one. Dumb. He he took second place in the Rookie of the Year. Voting in 1994 as well. Yeah, I mean, he's clutch, terrific hitter. I was at game three in 2004 when he hit the bomb against St. Louis. He's just an unbelievable hitter, and he can't get in. 
So the steroid question is, do you, do you just, do you just remove it? Like as a, as an asterisk, like do you, you know, I know some people have said we set up a separate wing in the hall and whatever. <laughs> and maybe you do maybe cause you, they have like a dead ball era. They have like, you know, really like legitimately any player elected before 1958 probably should be in like the all white wing. Cause like yeah, well, yeah. there was better baseball going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the Negro leagues were tremendous baseball. A lot of talent. Um, there's a book called, if you ever want to read like a terrific baseball book, it's called only the ball was white. And it's about the Negro leagues and like the players that played there was, I mean like arguably the greatest player of all time, Josh Gibson played in the Negro leagues instead. And he, you know, like he doesn't, he's not pulled out of his white contemporaries yeah. in that. And he should be. So do you set up a steroid wing and you just like flush all these guys into it? Cause here's the thing. If some of these guys don't get in, they're gone forever now. Right. They go forever. to the, they, cause they go to the, uh, the veterans committee. They're not letting them in the veterans, those old Kaji, yeah. like those 75 year old baseball players. They all hate this era. They hate this era. You think they're going to put Barry Bonds in? They're not putting Barry Bonds in. You think, oh, yeah. you think Jim Rice and Dennis Eckersley and those guys are going to vote for... <laughs> yeah, they're not going to vote for him. They hated him. So, to Same me... Same story with Roger Clemens, you think? Well, Cle- I mean, to me, the, the steroids guys are Bonds, Clemens. Sosa. Uh, Sosa. <sighs> I mean... Ramirez, too. Is Ortiz falling that because of the 2003 uh, report? Whatever that he Sheffield is in the steroid era, um, so and and Al, a-, a Rod obviously is in the steroid. Of era. Of course, yeah. So those guys all fall in, and you either to me like you have to get to a point where it's either all of them or none of them. I would agree. Like yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna say like because oh I'd agree wholeheartedly that that's well these play uh, their resumes are all Hall of Fame worthy, but they all have the steroid asterisk next to him so if one gets in they all have hall of fame resumes yeah mm-hmm. yeah I, so i would agree so like i think to me like you give you, you know if you want to put these guys in you put them in you put them in a separate wing you can do some other things this this is where the hall of fame is like uh they trip themselves up by their own rules like because they could just waive all this like they could waive all this and just say these are the guys are going in we're not going to give them a ceremony yep we're not. They're gonna. We're gonna put their plaques up around the corner. I mean, if you've ever been to the Hall of Fame, like it's pretty easy, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like there, there literally is a wing that they could just put these down. Like put them down a the hallway. Um, you know, think of it. If you've ever been to the Packers Hall of Fame here, there's plenty of room to just put a wing up of twenty five, oh, yeah, sure. sure, yeah. thirty busts. Um, and it's it. Maybe it has to be that way because the hard part for me is it. It's keeping this debate keeps like guys out that um, really deserve. You know, like. Helton is going to get caught up in it this year. Uh, it's really weird because Kurt Schilling gets caught up for a whole different reason because he's a goof, just a goofball. Oh, yeah. Just a terrible human being and all that kind of stuff. Yep. So he gets caught up in that. But, I mean, Kurt Schilling was easily a Hall of Famer. Dominant. Kurt Schilling never says a word after his career ends. He's he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and here he is on ballot 10, right? Yeah. Like, it's wild to me. Tell me why Kyle Loesch is on this list. I don't know. Where did he? What, why did they throw Kyle Loesch did, in here? <laughs> he had an ERA above three every year except 2012. I, you know, I, I will say it's always my favorite little thing about like Hall of Fame ballots because you'll look at some guys and you'll be like, oh, is Mark Teixeira really a Hall of Famer? And then you like, then you see like right across from him is like AJ Brzezinski, and you're like, well, I guess like if you're gonna, if you're gonna put AJ. Like, you know, Prince Fielder, like, had same similar kind of stuff as Ryan Howard, right? Yeah. Three or four year kind of peak. and He only played a 
couple of years too. I don't know yeah. if it's enough to qualify him. I went through and like I checked guys on the ballot, like just just for fun, like to see like okay, who do I think gets like Michael Bourne? Why you know? Uh, yeah, I don't get. I don't. I don't understand like how that stuff. Some of happens. these names, yeah. Continue. So I think Bonds should be in. I think Clemens should be in. By the yeah. way, I used to be an anti-steroid guy. I used to as well. And now I've just kind well. of come around to this idea, like you know what, you can't parse it anymore. There's just no reasonable way to split it. Nope. They're part Bonds, of history. Bonds, Clemens, Helton. Yep. In that first column, second column to me is only Ortiz. Uh, I know people love Pettit. I'm not a Pettit guy. I thought Pettit was super average with a lot of like just played for a long time. Okay. Uh, what about Tory Hunter? Gold no. gloves and all that stuff. No. Okay. Never Hall of Fame. Hall, like really good baseball player on a Twins team that was pretty good back then. Because mm-hmm. um, even like, who's the pitcher? Uh, Santana that played for that team. Like, I mean, they had some good baseball Urban players. Santana is who you're referring to, correct? No. Uh, Johan. Johan Yo- Santana. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yep. I know. Yep. Uh, third, lo- third column, uh, Manny gets in. Uh Begrudgingly, by the way, I just I leave I leave a rod off, and I don't know why. I think because he's post steroid era steroid oh accused, yes, like or steroid positive, and then sued baseball, and then sued baseball again. So he almost the, doesn't get in because he's the first guy not alleged to do it on this list. He's the guy he, he just <laughs> flat out did it. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, so I uh, I've come around on Scott Rowland because I didn't mm, always really? believe that. But somebody showed me some stats on Roland at some point that are pretty uh, convincing. That Roland has some Hall of Fame, like real Hall of Fame credentials. Uh, Schilling gets in, Sosa gets in, Wagner gets in. I don't vote for Sheffield, but I think Sheffield should be in. If you're going to put the other steroid guys in, I just had to stop at 10 guys. And maybe I'm only at nine. So then what happens with someone like a Giambi? Because he's not on the list anymore, but steroids. I don't know that he was a Hall of Famer to begin okay, with. Okay, so you don't think at all the resumes there. Yeah, I mean, can you really go back on some of those guys? Maybe. Like, like, kind of to my point, like maybe the Hall of Fame has to go back and look at some of these guys, like, all together. Yeah. And just kind of wipe them out. Because, again, I think it's catching up. Like, I think if you wipe out all the steroid guys and they get in when they were supposed to get in, we had bigger Hall of Fame classes than the last 10 years, right? Yeah. They all get in. Now you take this list and all those guys are off of it. And you say, okay, is Billy Wagner a Hall of Famer? And he is. Billy Wagner's a Hall of Famer. If... Who is the terrible relief pit? Uh, Hoffman. If Trevor Hoffman, oh boy, <laughs> if Trevor Hoffman's in the Hall of Fame, Billy Wagner's in the Hall of Fame. So, okay, the thing but, is, is we can't look at Billy. Let's not get into the Trevor Hoffman debate. All right, you, you almost got me going. <laughs> the on Billy the Trevor Wagner Hoffman debate thing. is that the reason that you're not looking at Wagner as a Hall of Famer is because of the list. The list is including guys that don't belong here anymore. Mm-hmm. Helton and Wagner are Hall of Famers on this list. This this class, this particular class. Should be Todd Helton, uh, Billy Agreed. Wagner, maybe Schilling if like Schilling wouldn't have had like all the issues, yep. and frankly like Bobby Abreu, he's probably the next borderline guy. I think he had you know over two thousand hits, real productive years. Like Abreu gets a little bit of run. Maybe it takes him a little longer to get in. Andrew Jones, those are legit Hall of Famers in their era that you're comparing against guys that put up Mickey Mouse numbers. Yeah, and you keep. Because they're still on the list, you're like, well, they shouldn't get in because they're steroid users. And then you're like, well, maybe we should put in Andrew Jones. Well, he didn't hit 650 home runs like Sammy Sosa. Well, yeah, we're arguing both point. sides of it now. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. And if they did this too, do you think like, because you said they have to do a separate wing, like 
It, they they can. I think I think they can. Right, yeah. right. You need to make this more pal- palatable for people. Yeah. Right. Do you think they would like have to say these people definitely cheated? Like they can't be like eh, maybe they did. They yeah, they'd the have been like, they cheated. I think, I think the wing shows like this is. The steroid era. Steroid, okay. Well, what's the worst thing that happens they get in? People are upset for a year, maybe two, and then everybody moves on and recognizes them as part of baseball history, like you well, arguably I mean, I don't know if do. I necessarily agree they should be in, but... Yeah, okay. it gets, it, it's dicey, because it none, none of them have a positive test other than, like, uh, other than A-Rod, I think, is the only one with a positive test. Ortiz, I don't think, was the Mitchell report, his name was on there, but it wasn't for a positive test. It was for something else. Yep. So he's technically not one of the steroid users, right? So all of it is, is hearsay. So do you like keep these guys out on hearsay? And then, you know, it obviously opens up the other half of the issue, which is arguably the greatest hitter to ever live is not in the Hall of Fame because he gambled on sports. Right. So are we going to put like, is there just going to be a wing where it's like criminals and <laughs> misfits and people whose political to, opinions we didn't like and yeah. racists and, you're right you're like, right though you're right you know like are you gonna go take ty cobb's plaque out and put him with the other with the guys that were garbage human beings because yeah. ty cobb's a garbage human being like so do you start picking guys out and you make this whole wing just like all the people that we thought were awful i don't know is i, I honestly don't know this is oj simpson's bus still in the nfl hall of fame i have no idea I'm sure we'll get looking. Oh, I know they took away, right now. They took yeah. away his, they took away his Heisman trophies, right? Because didn't he infamously like bury him in his backyard? His Heisman <laughs> trophy. He buried it in his backyard to try to keep it away from like people so that what they wouldn't uh, sell it for profit or whatever. Okay. But like you know, like I don't know what other sports do. Like, do you pull guys out? Well, and... it's worth spending the time to think through yeah. for Major League Baseball. Is he still in the hall? Yep. It, it can never be expelled. So I mean, if you once you start this wing. Not you know, kind of nonsense to Will's point. Like if you once you start it, where do you draw the line? That's a good point. Because there's a pile of guys that are in there that are awful people. I would draw the line at affected on-field play. That's that's so their use will always. You put like a thing in the when you walk in that says something like, because of this era and whatever, and these players, whatever you know. Unless he actively did. Steroids on the field. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> While playing. By the way, the name that we should be talking about, like to go back on, isn't Giambi. It's it's Mark McGuire. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, he All was a steroid it. user, right? Oh, or, well, yeah. yeah. Again, like, technically. Yeah. I mean, or him and Rafael Palmeiro. Well, that summer of what, whatever year that was. Ninety five, six. The ninety six yeah. summer where he, him and Sosa chased the record, mm-hmm. saves baseball really. It does. Yeah, after the, uh, the. What's that called? Strike. Strike, which we are looking at another one coming up this winter. I know. Isn't that sad? It's hmm. interesting there's guys signing these contracts before. Yes. They don't, so I think yep. there's some optimism that it'll get done. I, I think so, too. I don't know that there's going to be portions of the regular season that get cut out. Yeah. I don't know that we start spring training on time. I don't know either. Who knows? It's a we'll see. I think it's worth transitioning to the NFL. I think it's that point of the episode. Time just flies when we have Jason on the show. Aaron Rodgers time. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Bad foot. From before we get to that quarterback, you were sending me all these texts like you do, like I've mentioned throughout the course of this episode, which I love that you do. You went from baseball, baseball. You were talking about Todd Helton, Todd Helton, in this big, and then you switched to is <laughs> it Matt Stafford? Because sometimes I get on the Matt Stafford train. No, okay. You switched to you send me a text. Also, I want to spend thirty seconds laughing out loud after you read <laughs> Taysom this. Hill. <laughs> Taysom Hill, Taysom Hill, uh, has signed the unique four-year hybrid type of contract. This is per Adam Schefter of ESPN. Where he's going to get like forty million, and then if he plays the quarterback position, becomes he's a starter, Bobby Wagner money. He's going to become ninety-five million dollar yes. player. 
Yes, it's a real thing. Taysom Hill. Hmm. Wow. I mean, that is... I don't know why you value him like that. Do you think that even Taysom Hill and his wife just laugh? Do you think he comes home and he's like, yo, got him. You are not going to believe the day I had. Yes, I do think that. Because even he's got to think it's funny, right? I, I think it's hilarious. Has he scored like two touchdowns this year? Well, the game that he's he... He's hurt, right? He's when, irrelevant. Yeah, he's hurt. The, the game last year when he played for Drew Brees, one of the games that he did, he overthrew at least like he was three, terrible. four, five balls. He I was mean, terrible. Like, he's not a good quarterback. Like, I mean, honestly, like, I'm, you know I think Jordan Love's a joke. Like, we've definitely talked about like my feelings about Jordan Love. That I think it's hysterical <laughs> that he was picked in the first round and that he is like, but honestly... If I'm telling you right we now... We may take different sides on it, but that's okay. Right now, you're going to start an NFL franchise. Your choices at quarterback are Taysom Hill and Jordan Love. You're taking you're taking Jordan Love, right? I do, yes. I mean, Not just Hill. based on like feeling that maybe he has some upside, Right. I feel like we've seen what Taysom Hill can offer. Well, and well, Taysom Hill was a Packer for a while, too. Yeah, he was for yeah, like 20 was. minutes, wasn't he? Yeah, but what's I don't get the so infatuation. 22 and a half guaranteed. Warner was, too, don't forget. Yeah. 22 and a half million dollars guaranteed. What's with like the infatuation of, of Taysom Hill? Because I The utility don't... knife, the unpredictability, yeah, but, but you can find that does, anywhere. But we, we drove Tim Tebow out of pro football. He was the same guy. Yeah, there's about 30 players that can do that same thing. I yeah. Know. I get it. I, I know. I watched with my own two eyes Travis Kelsey take a snap from center and run a ball <laughs> yeah. in this or weekend. Or just last Sunday. Just or this last... week. Last year, watched them hand off the ball to Taysom Hill on a third and three, and gets you know stripped yeah. in, a, in a Packer game and a on a big third down, lost the game for there, him. There's a handful of like NFL guys too out there that like NFL players that are play wide receiver that have thrown touchdowns like that dude all the time too. That whenever they get that back toss, you're oh like, yeah, that dude's throwing it because you know it. Like <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like is it Hardman or something like that from Kansas City? There's a few guys that you know are gonna Jarvis throw Landry. It. Jarvis Landry. There's some yeah. guys that can. Well, sling Julian Edelman it. was always gonna be one. That, yeah, there's some guys yeah. that can flat out throw it, mm-hmm. and it's like. Taysom Hill, like is Cordero oh, Patterson not the same player as Taysom Hill? <laughs> it's because it, maybe Cord- a little bit better. He's yeah, because he Cordero Patterson returns kicks. He returns kicks. Yeah, yeah. returns punts. Returns That's kicks. The same player to me. He's not going to go get forty-five million, forty million, ninety-five million. You know, <laughs> but doesn't guaranteed. I don't know what you think of uh, of Sean Payton. I have some feelings about Sean Payton. I think he's. Uh, the word I'm searching for, I can't say on your radio show. I don't like the whole headhunting okay. thing. I don't think that's that, cool. I think, everything. Just, I think he's kind of... So there's all kinds of words, and I want you to know like all of them are awful words that mm-hmm. I think about. Absolutely. I think about Sean Payton. I think a lot about um, how when the Saints were beating the Vikings a couple of years ago, how he was mocking the fans doing the skull chant right before uh, Stefan Diggs caught the touchdown mm. and ran it in. And I always think that's hysterical because Sean Payton to me just seems like a guy that wants everybody to look at him and think, oh, that guy's great. And so he does everything he can so you do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you remember, do you remember Bill Parcells getting in trouble for racism back in the day? Because I remember Bill Parcells, the particular He made story. a derogatory remark referring to a certain type of play. And the certain type, like, I'll, I'll let you Google it if you want to. If you put Parcells uh, racist remark, it'll come up. But he is repeating a racist remark made by Sean Payton because he said as Sean calls them and he says the phrase oh no and it is it is not good I believe and so I believe about Sean Payton that he's just a bad dude but I also believe he wants everybody to look at him to see how great he is I mean yeah I 
Did you I, find it? I w- no, I didn't. But just to speak on that, like any person that cheers for people or or attempts to make people get hurt. Yeah, and then so he, even fans too. Fans that cheer point, for people getting hurt. He surrounded yes. himself with people like Greg Williams, who have like no scruples. Like you know, like change. Like really, what they did to Favre that game is disgusting. Oh, it's horrible. And the, he, it's not the only instance. Like it's doesn't you know so they all do this kind of thing. And I think that just tells you all you need to know about Sean Payton. So that gets back to like this whole thing with um, Taysom Hill is I think he wants to show like how smart he is, mm. you know? Okay. Yeah. Like I'm going real... to turn this guy into whatever. And you're going to see how smart I am because it's kind of the Parcells thing. Like just Parcells doesn't care what you think. Like he, but he wants everybody to view him like a Parcells or not mm. Parcells, uh, Belichick. Belichick, like, yeah. like Belichick, you're always, you know, like people have this feeling like he wants to prove he can do it without Brady. I honestly don't think Bill Belichick cares. Yeah, I don't think he does. I think Bill Belichick yeah. sits in front of his computer and his Excel spreadsheet <laughs> and puts in numbers until they equal the salary cap. And then he's like, okay. Yeah. I don't think he team. honestly cares. Yeah. He, he Has he even stated that he cares? I mean, I, I, I that might be a totally made up nice media. He said some nice things about Brady on the way out. You know, like it was a great run. Yeah. That's the thing. It was a terrific, it's, you know, it's a little bit to me. Like uh, I said this yesterday in a tweet, cause I'm a bit of a Seahawks guy and it looks like Pete Carroll's going to go. Yeah. I and I'm agree. like, you know, Wait, sometimes like, mm, let's talk about that. Some guys, sometimes good guys have to go like, you know, arguably the best coach in the history of the Green Bay Packers. And I know you could say Vince Lombardi, but he wasn't here all that long. Arguably the greatest coach in the history of the Green Bay Packers is, uh, is McCarthy. McCarthy over Holmgren? McCarthy, look at McCarthy's. He's I his believe, legacy. Is he the longest lasting coach in our in team history? Might be. Probably the winningest, unless you go back to like the uh, Curly Lambeau days when he was like whatever. Like, I think he won like 63 of his games. He won the division year after year after That's year. True. Did it with two different quarterbacks, like Hall of Famers. But That's true. Yeah. So is Mike McCarthy. But Mike Holmgren took the. Well, yeah, but Holmgren was only Packers. here like seven years, or not even. He was gone. Like he left. Right. He left. He wasn't even here. That's the thing. Like he Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy stuck around forever. I mean, yeah, he's he was a staple. And even when he left, it's like one bad year, and he was gone. Yeah. And I mean, so even good guys have to go, mm-hmm. right? And I think, like, that's what happened with Brady and Belichick. It's just like this time it was the quarterback that had to go. You know, so, it happens. It happens. It's rare that you're successful, and that happens. Andy Reid in Philadelphia, Super Bowl, three NFC Championship games, had to leave. Yep. You know, and it's going to happen to Pete Carroll. Too. How do you feel about that? Because that's kind of interesting. Because I really don't feel like that's on him. I, I don't know. He's done that's, a great job there. And yeah. He's getting old. I think retirement's in his future. I feel, like, I feel like if you go back to like our first show, I don't know why I feel like we talked about this once. Like we about, may not, have. about not about Pete Carroll, but I think we had this conversation about somebody always has to be to blame. There is. There's somebody that they point to every time. Well, there every has, time. There's accountability in sports that are, it's very different in that it always has to come down to this person is accountable. And I think what's going to happen, the problem in Seattle is so big because you traded, <laughs> you traded your whole future for Jamal Adams. Yeah. Like Seattle is going to get a top 10 pick this year, maybe even a top five pick. I think they're the second worst team in the NFC right now, mm. record-wise, right? Second or third. Which is crazy to say. Crazy, right? Three and seven, I think, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're bad. I think it's like Lions, them, maybe the is it is it the Bears, or somebody else is bad, too. Like, the Carolina's better. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Which is, guys. yeah, that's... So you think about that. Like, somebody has to pay for it. 
Like somebody. So, oh, by the way, what I was trying to get to with that was that. So Seattle's going to end up with a top ten pick. You know what? The Jets get that pick because they oh, traded it for Jamal Adams. Yeah, yes, that's true. It's looking so, like a genius trade for the Jets now. It, it's unbelievable. Well, even when you were, even as a Seahawks fan who kind of likes Jamal Adams, I wasn't willing to pay that. No, that's true. It was wild that you'd pay that for that. So this year, somebody has to pay, right? It's what's going to happen. They're going to go f- five and twelve, right? Maybe six and eleven if you get on a run. If you watched any of last week's game, and if you watched the Packer game, obviously against mm-hmm. against Seattle, Russ doesn't look good. No. So somebody the offensive line doesn't. look good. Yeah, that is brutal. Yeah, but I mean, I could show you some plays like where Russ just missed guys this okay. week, like just flat out missed guys. Um, so there's something not right. So do I think some combination of John Schneider, Pete Carroll, and Russell Wilson have to go? Because by the way, Russ wants to go. Right? Yes, he does. He wants to go, and as as like good as he's been about it, I think maybe I said this last time, right? Sierra doesn't want to be in Seattle. <laughs> There's no superstar that wants to be in Seattle. Yeah, you're in Seattle. There's nothing there. I like the See, West Coast. Yeah, but <laughs> well, you're not a superstar. It's not a, Will. <laughs> she, I think didn't I say this? She's she's always two plane rides away from where she wants to be. Like Seattle yeah. is like you're two plane rides away. That's true. You have to go Seattle to Denver, Denver to Los Angeles. You can't even fly. I don't know if you can fly direct. Like. You, you're gonna have to. You're millions of miles away from Atlanta, from New York, like Miami. places that like Green his Bay. wife, who's arguably <laughs> the like you know the more, she might make more money than him. Like she's she might be the breadwinner, right? Because I think like as a singer and all an entertainer, I think she makes a ton of money. She's a superstar too. So she wants to be close to a hub, right? Yep. So I I think Russ I think Russ goes. So okay, Russ goes. Are you now in a rebuild if Russ goes? For a Seattle? Yeah. If Russ is gone, yeah. are you in a rebuild? Yeah. Like, definitively, yeah, you, have, you, yeah, you say yes, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're in a rebuild, why would you keep Pete Carroll? That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, if you're going for innovation. The oldest coach in the NFL. Do you want the oldest coach in the NFL? To be I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily been a problem either, but. That's a lot of talent for one Super Bowl. And it cost Mike McCarthy his job, too. That's true. That is true. It's a lot of, it's a lot of time. And really, like. Were they ever the same after one bad play call? They've never really been the same. That's They've hung point. on. Russ won some games for them, but somebody's gonna got to. Somebody's got to go. Right. I, I kind of feel like it's gonna be all of them, because what's gonna happen is a new GM is gonna come in. They're not gonna want to keep Pete. They're gonna want their own guy. Mm-hmm. And if you bring in your own guy, you're gonna want to recoup some of the draft picks, right? Well, how else are you gonna do that? So DK's gone. He's gonna get traded. No, I think Russ goes. No, DK is on that. He's on. A, he's still on a. Front but if you're rebuilding, you need draft picks, and you're gonna to have to start trading for him. But DK, you wouldn't move until he was in his last year of his rookie deal. Okay. Until he came up for pay. Mm-hmm. You know this. Like, he'll be expensive. You're gonna to have to move guys that like you can still be relatively competitive with a young team. I mean, I think if maybe we've talked about this too. So this is a Sam Fonder ism too. Is he has a firm belief that most NFL teams, besides teams led by Tom Brady are better with quarterbacks in their first contract. Oh, I agree. 100%. Because you're not paying that money. As soon as, yeah. soon as like, because look at Mahomes. Yeah. Now you, you pay him the prime. money. You can't, you can't. They get, have a horrible defense. Horrible defense. Look horrible. at Seattle. You pay your quarterback, look at your offensive line. Somebody pays the I price. think I was saying that for the first three years of the show. I said, wait till Mahomes gets his contract. I've, we should honestly almost go back because I'm pretty sure I've I echoed that right. point. Because mm-hmm. That's the funny thing is like, really, Rodgers has never taken a friendly contract for this team. Mm-mm. And it's, it's 11 years since that Super Bowl. You yeah. Guys. It's a long time now. Mm-hmm. And Brady has always taken 
friendly contracts because Brady's playing a long game. Brady's 45. He's making his money from Under Armour and from uh, uh, sports drinks and Ugg. Ugg, and doesn't he have watch deal too? Like, if, I mean, there's well a lot of just display to that. There's a lot of people saying Rodgers might be done after this year. That's a lot I of think speculation. He's Prime well, example of this idea, though, the same finderism. Josh Allen just signed his contract Oof, in April, yeah. and look at the Bills right now. Woof. That is not a good – they are not a good football team right now. No. I just – so there's something to it. So if you're Seattle, you're going to have to move guys to like – you know, I, I kind of – maybe I jokingly – I keep saying this to Owen because my son is a big Seahawks fan. And so I keep jokingly saying to him, like, I hope you like Aaron Rodgers and how he's going to look in a Seahawks uniform mm-hmm. next year. And then I kind of keep saying to my Packer friends, like, don't boo Russell Wilson too hard because you're going to have him next year. Like, because there's some, there's some things that make some sense, by the way, if those two teams swap quarterbacks. Because Rodgers pick up a young guy because Russ yeah. is only 32, 33, right? He's, he's younger than Stafford still, which is wild to me. But does Russell Wilson want to come to Green Bay? Maybe. Sierra he's Wisconsin guy. You're, you're what? We're what away from Chicago. Mm-hmm. You're really close to a hub. Okay, fair enough. You get the metro- can live in Metropolis, Ch- Green Bay, Wisconsin. <laughs> the whole family can live in Chicago. Uh, Ashwaubenon, Wisconsin. Though. Sorry, sorry. Well, <laughs> half. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, like, t- Russ has to move somewhere. I guess he could go to the Jets because the Jets are obviously still looking. Because I originally I thought maybe Chicago, but now they're probably going to stick with Fields. Yeah, I think they have to. Again, I it think gets to the rookie deal again. Why not? Well, Packer fan of me hopes they do. But Fields is probably going to be a victim of like the same kind of stuff that got Trubisky and a lot of guys, yep. which all of a sudden he's going to have another coordinator. Remember the Alex Smith stuff? Yeah. When Alex Smith had four offensive coordinators in four years. Yeah. How do you? How are you successful? And the second that he had consistency, he like put up great numbers. Like it was so weird. As soon as he had guys back to back, it's like, oh, Alex Smith is a decent quarterback. Yeah. And uh, you know, so you like to think you. I hope the best for Fields because he's kind of fun to watch. Not too much, like for you guys, because I cheer more for good football more than I care about the Packers. <laughs> well, I think that's a good transition point, because it's always time for Tony G's Picks of the Week on the Tony oh G gosh. Show. Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. And this is going to be a special version, Thanksgiving version. I'll make the pick, and then I'll open it up. We are going to uh, discuss some of these picks as well. I usually do... Well, b- before we, we get into it, let's cue up the music. Just, that was the Spin Doctors <laughs> from my very first CD so, <laughs> from Pocketful of Kryptonite. It's uh, it's good football music, I think. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, picks of the week. I'll open it up. I pick a, a, a five games from each time slot. This week, we're just going to go the three Thanksgiving games. We're going to go Sunday night and Monday night. Skip Sunday noon. Skip Sunday afternoon. Forget them. Don't what about Packers-Rams? We're not picking Packers-Rams? We'll pick Packers-Rams. Okay. I don't think they'll be part of... Uh, no, because they're not part of that. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so these are like... Okay. These are the official picks. Take we'll these go, to the we'll bank. The schedule though, Take these to the bank. You can bet on these games. Christian Jack, feel free to throw some money on these games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, he's been trying to get in as the, the betting expert, too, for the Tony G show. I, I don't know if I'm ready to bring in the betting expert. But I, I'm not too worried. He's had to teach He's got to show you a spreadsheet that shows that he's actually winning before you ever bring him in. <laughs> yes, and he has yet to do that. First Thursday uh, Thanksgiving game, 
is going to be Bears at three and seven. Same record as the Seahawks, as you were asking. We'll get to that game if they're Monday night. Bears three and seven at Lions 09 and one. Somebody has to win. Somebody has to win. I think Thanksgiving is the Detroit Lions baby. And you take a look at Dan Campbell and the energy he brings to the Lions organization. The Lions are going to win this game in an ugly one. 16 to 12. That's <laughs> an ugly score. It is. It's Nagy's last game, though. You can't see yeah. him, you know, yeah, that's true. throwing Reports every card. All over the place about the Bears and the locker room. Unhappy with Matt Nagy. We have a report, too, that says Friday is the the cut point for Matt Nagy. He's out. So we'll see. Yeah, so we might see some every punt is a fake punt. <laughs> <laughs> just, Desperation. Justin Fields is going to, yeah. I just want to say calling the Lions, calling Thanksgiving, like, the Lions Day. They're 37, 41, and 2 all time on Thanksgiving days. Yeah, but they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> they're bad. That's they're allowed like, to be that bad. I, You know what? Isn't that a little bit better than you would have assumed? Yes, it yes, is. It is. The Lions have been bad your whole life, right? Like, well, you, how many times have they played Brett Favre on a Thanksgiving oh. How many times have they played good Aaron Bears Rogers? teams or good yeah, good teams? Like they'll Good play defense. Good. Bears mm-hmm. defenses. How many times have they played Dante Culpepper and Randy Moss? I mean, to be fair, most teams against the Lions are good yeah that's that, true. do we know is jared goff the quarterback this week or is it still tim Boyle? i think it's those two quarterbacks you just mentioned to me are the same person so i don't know if it's tim Boyle, i'm rooting for lions yeah. there's something super fun about like that first thanksgiving game being tim Boyle against andy dalton right because <laughs> fields is out this week oh he is yeah oh so yeah I, that's why i actually tweeted earlier that there is nothing but there's nothing more fitting than the end of the matt nagy like Andy Dalton. Than being the, the Andy Dalton. Yes. So are we all perf- in agreement? Lions are going to win this game on <laughs> Lions Thursday? win this game. Yes. I do. Nine to three. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be an ugly one. It's going to be awful. I don't even want to pick a score. One, <laughs> two nothing. I won't I'm picking two nothing. Two nothing. <laughs> the safety in the first five minutes and then nothing. It's a bad snap on a punt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. I, like, I love it. Two ugly. It's an ugly game. It's going to be. It's going to be an awful game. The second game on Thursday, Thanksgiving, Raiders 5-5, five and five, head to Dallas to play the Cowboys 7-3. This is also their baby. Thanksgiving is the death. They're favored by a touchdown, 7 points. They're just the better team. Cowboys 35-14, something like that. Cowboys are big. I want to know the Cowboys record on Thanksgiving. Because it's got to be pretty good, right? Because they've always been a good football team. Well, and Troy Aikman usually calls the games. He's been the best Hall of Famer in the last 50 years, right, Jason? So... <laughs> I knew that would get him going. What do you think, Will? Well, I think the Cowboys are probably the better team, but I'm going to choose Raiders and just hoping that they don't win <laughs> the Cowboys. Okay. Wow, harsh. <laughs> <laughs> just going against 20 picks. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, I'm going to go against your pick just so I can I can beat you. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I can't find the record uh, of the – just not Google, I'm not on the Google fast enough, so I don't know what it is. But That's okay. You – I, it's, I think the Raiders are like the feel-bad story. Of the year. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I would agree. You know, and I'm going to say this. I don't know if you saw like what uh, Derek Carr said after the rug stuff. Yeah, I did see that. Man, he just seems like such a good dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just one of those guys. Like, There's this like uh, like meme on the internet or whatever. I'll see everyone's or like short little, it might have been like a Vine video from back in the day where there's a guy walking by a uh, store, like a like a plant store that's closed for the night and all the lights are off and it's all glass and there's a cat on the other side of the door and he's like I'm gonna get you out of there yeah. God is my witness I'm gonna get you and I always think of that like, like whenever I watch two players Alan Robinson and Derek Carr I was yeah. like somebody please save them I think the Cowboys just beat the toast out of them they're 30-21-1 all time on Thanksgiving it's pretty good yeah. it's both of the timelines and 
Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the Lions ties is against the Packers. Could be. From when I was a kid. Uh, oh, I really? I think infamously, like, if somebody returned a kick or a punt, like Walter Stanley returned a punt or a kick for the Packers, and, like, that game went into overtime or something wild. Like huh. That. Yeah. The final game on Thanksgiving. Bills 6-4, and four, favored by four points. Head to New Orleans, play the Saints 5-5. Five and five. They have quarterback issues. However, the Bills are just looking rough. I do say the Bills are going to straighten things out, get the win on the road in New Orleans, 21-14. I think the teetering factor we need to consider is Taysom Hill starting or not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now that they have their quarterback paid. He's just buying turkeys for people. He's just writing checks. Gotta probably be. at a grocery store. Let's get He's got to be. Bills by a mile. I think the Saints win this one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I think I'll, I'll be and it's, I think Kamara's up too, though. So uh, Yeah, that's... It's just a weird feeling, like the bear. The Bills just seem like a sinking ship right now. They do. So I kind of feel like piling on them a little bit because yeah. it is what it is. Though. Yeah. Sunday night football: Browns six and five at Ravens seven and three. They've been up and down this year. Baltimore has. Lamar missed last week with an illness. Ravens are favored by four points. I, as much as I like Baker and the Browns, I think Ravens are going to win by three. Close game, thirty twenty-seven. Sunday night football. I don't know. Ravens are like that team that. You never they, know who you're gonna get. Yeah, they win. They, they're either going to come out and they'll be one of the best offenses in the league, or they'll they'll score ten points and then not touch the end zone for three quarters. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with Browns. Um, I think the Ravens win this one. I just the Browns just I don't, I don't know. I mean, don't the Browns seem like a six and six team? So it's, I guess they should lose. Absolutely. Yeah. So they can just be six and six. It's just what they look like. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. Monday Night Football, Seattle Seahawks at 3-7. At the Washington football team, 4-6. I hope you don't mind me making this pick, Jason. I say Washington football team, 24-13. The offense in Seattle is just... When did Monday Night Football become so bad? When they started putting the Giants on week after week. Every week. Ugh. Yeah. It's brutal. It's not what it used to be. It used to be an event. You know, Mm -hmm. you'd want to watch Monday Night Football. Who's the favorite in this one? Just pick them. Seahawks favored by a point, a single point. And these are early spreads, very early spreads, Tuesday early in the week. <laughs> we got one. I'm taking Seahawks. Yeah, I just feel like they have the, the big playability that, uh, you know, Washington kind of lacks. Although Terry McLaurin is scary. Yeah. So Chase Young is also Terry. injured for the team, so. Who is? Young, Chase Young. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I feel like Seattle's going to win this one. Okay. Because they're going to do just, they got to do just enough. Mm-hmm. So when we recap... Russ lost three straight starts, by the way. He's never done that in his career. I did not know that. And they've been all... I mean, the points that they're putting up is... Zero. Yeah, just minuscule. Uh, so when we recap in the next Tony G show, the picks to follow for uh, Tony G, Lions, Cowboys, Bills, Ravens, Washington football team. We'll continue to pick games, however. Uh, just want to put it on the record. My record is now 30-27, and 27, over 500. And I have surpassed 100 wins on Tony G's picks of the week. I'm 101. The century. And 73. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank nice. You. Appreciate it. Yeah. Put your, take your money to the bank with uh, what Tony G said. The century is a big deal if you play cricket. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> cricket Hall of Fame. Yeah. Sashin Tendekular, the greatest cricketer of all time. Undisputed. Jason Fonder did not look that up on his phone. No. He looked right at me when he said I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning once to watch the... Uh, you told me about this. Oh, yeah. And you would never watch soccer, was it? Nope. Sachin Tendekular ended up getting <clears throat> a century and winning the championship for India. Can you explain to us how you score a point in cricket? Because we have sat in my room for, like, at least 40 minutes watching a cricket game trying to figure it out. Bat a ball in play. You exchange sides. 
with the other batsman. So you hit a ball in play, you and the other batsman have to run and have your, ball, have your uh, uh, bat back in the wicket without having a ball hit the, the, the wickets, the pins. Mm. That's one. And then you can also hit, like, essentially, uh, they don't call it a home run. But it goes into the stands. It goes into the stands, and I think you get four. Okay. And it's, All right. Okay, so Lions, <laughs> uh, Rams, Packers, Sunday 3.30 game at Lambeau Field lot. Packers are 8-3. Coming off a loss, tough loss in Minnesota. Rams seven and three. They're not looking too good recently either. So this one out in the end. Packers, Rams. This will be a landslide victory for the Rams. You think so? Yeah. Packers are really beat up. Yeah. But the Rams don't look too good either. They've been playing way under their ability. They're a good team. Stafford just had two bad games. He's a gunslinger. He'll throw. He's usually going to throw three picks or four touchdowns, and you're getting one side or the other. I like that analysis. I think Stafford's going to have a big game. Kirk Cousins, all he did was off the ball in the air, and it was either a catch for 50 yards or it was a pass interference ball penalty. You know. I think it's going to be the very same thing. The Rams are going to win this game. Has Matt Stafford ever had a good game? I love both of them. Might be the first one coming up. That's a good point. I think... Uh, he was the quarterback that broke the streak, though. I think this is the game, and you guys know I'm not a Packers fan. I think Correct. this is the game that gets people talking. Because I think Rodgers goes five touchdowns. I think they just blow him out. I really? I think it's an absolute laughable football game. Even with the injuries he has, though? I think I think it ends up, uh, I'm going to go 38-13 Green Bay. Really? Wow. I just think, a dominant. I think he goes, just goes crazy. We talked in the show before the show, and I think it was you, Will, that brought it up. Or maybe it was you, Jason. Or maybe it was even me. <laughs> <laughs> Someone in here mentioned that, Aaron Rodgers hobbled with the toe thing. Mm-hmm. Aaron Donald, scary off the line. And the, the rest of the pass rush with the Rams. Hey, that, I mean, Von that, Miller. Might, that might play a factor. Von Miller. Might, it, what is up with Aaron? Where did this toe thing come from? I don't, so the, am, I, am I wrong that the, that the Rams lost at home against San Francisco right after they signed Odell? It was a no, way. they was lost it, in was San that, Francisco. Was that a road game? Yep, they lost at home uh, to the Titans. I and think the, it was a close game. The San, and San Francisco game, that wasn't a close game, right? Didn't San Francisco 30, beat? They lost 31 to 10. So do yeah. you think you think uh, San Francisco is better than Green Bay? No. They do not. So San Francisco beat them by 21. But you think the Rams are going to travel to Green Bay, Wisconsin, 32 mm. degrees, and Matthew Stafford is going to play great. You, you really, you're going to bank on all that happening. That's a good I, uh, okay. I, did, I guess that. I, I guess I just see them having a lot of firepower. I don't, you know... How many games has Lafleur lost here? Two. It's a crazy record. Around there. Okay. It's a crazy. It's a crazy. I just. Okay. I. This Rams team is not to be joked with. I bashed Odell. Because he's a, a terrible episodes. football player. Yeah. He made one catch once. That's very true. But I also don't want to lose to him in Lambeau. You're not gonna. Let's talk about that. Because I agreed. You tweeted it, and I mentioned it on an episode of the show. How you tweeted. Odell Beckham made one catch, and everyone is acting like Randy Moss is hitting the free agent market. And actually, I called him Santana Moss. That's a great tweet. Yeah, you compared. Yeah, that catch. That catch was 2014. This day, seven years ago. Yep. yep. And today, yesterday was nine years since the butt fumble. Wow! Happy anniversary. Momentous days <laughs> in football history. Because yeah. Sam, Sam Fonder sent me a message wishing me a happy anniversary on the butt fumble yesterday because we were watching it together. Nine Mark years Sanchez. Ago. Yeah, we were watching it together at Disney World. In the uh, lobby of the hotel we were at. The butt fumble? Yeah. 
We were watching it with the bus driver. Me, Sam, and the bus driver. We were watching the butt fumble together. We'll never, we'll never forget it as long as I live. And Odell caught that pass. Like, you guys were, what, seven years ago? You were, what, a sophomore in high school? I would have been, yeah, I think 14 so. years old? I was 15. Yeah, I guess you're 15. 15 years old, dude. That's, That's how long I wasn't it's been since yet. Odell Beckham Jr. has been a good football player. What's his career like if he doesn't make that catch? Does he even make it out of the Giants? I mean, is he like Victor Cruz? If he, that's a real Will. That is like that's a pretty great question. That's why I brought him <laughs> around. That's why I kept him so long. Uh, really I mean, cool. who is he? I mean, like really, like because you, you always feel like he has this like huge upside, but he's never really done anything besides throw tantrums. I mean, he had, he had Jarvis Landry on the other side of him for like last three or four years. Like he didn't do anything. Yep. Eli Manning is a terrific quarterback. He didn't do anything with Eli Manning. Like we all bury on Eli Manning. We talked about this. I think he's a first ballot. He's a lock first ballot. Yeah, should be lock. Like Baker Mayfield's a decent quarterback. Maybe he's not throwing to you because you're just like. Did you watch the interception where he he pulled up on that on that route for they Stafford? Did. Yeah, yeah, it was horrible, mm-hmm. horrible. Like I just don't get it with this guy. Like I know you can see it's like all the talent, and all you guys wanted Green Bay to sign him, and I'm like, I didn't. I wasn't in. I was is, not in that camp. There yeah. were a lot of folks that were. That guy is. Where where is winning ever followed Odell Beckham? Has not. It literally hasn't. <laughs> no, I ever. just I don't get it. The thing about like even like like I said, we treat him like Randy Moss. Like Randy Moss changed games. When's the last time you watched Odell Beckham Jr. change a game? I would like, rather have Justin Jefferson over Odell oh Beckham. Oh my god, I'd rather yeah. well, besides Devontae Adams, who wouldn't you take take Justin Jefferson over? Good dude was dude's a freak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. Like Odell Beckham Jr. is he's just kind of an average guy. Cooper yeah. Cup or Odell Beckham? Like oh Cooper Cup by him Cooper Cup by a ton. His production is crazy. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even know Beckham's like what his stats are. He can't be that much more productive than Alan Lazard. How much more is he? I mean, probably less useful because he doesn't block. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's way because you can name easily name wide receivers that are way better, right? Like I mean, off the top oh, of yeah. like AJ Brown's a way better receiver. Mm-hmm. Uh, Julio Jones, uh, Armani Cooper, uh, Adams. Uh, Adams by, I mean, Adams isn't even in the right is, stratosphere. Adams is the best football player. Is he player the same as Devontae game. Parker in Miami Dolphins? Maybe. I mean, Parker seems like he had more upside for like 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then he got injured, and then it was <laughs> Miami, and then the it's like, no. I just don't get the Odell Beckham Jr. Thing. Yeah. I get that you want – I get everybody like wants him to be great, but you can't want a guy to be great into greatness. Who's the, the fat running back Green Bay had? Eddie Lacy. Like – isn't that? Didn't we all think he was going to be great? I mean, he was good for rookie of the year. A couple yeah. weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> a couple weeks, and then and he thought he was just going to be awesome. I mean, like Odell Beckham Jr. just seems like I don't know. Maybe he's in the right spot. You know, maybe is is Robert Woods done? Is he done? I don't believe so. I do not think so. Didn't he get hurt? He's hurt. He right? did get hurt. Oh, you mean like, like done for um, the year? Is oh, he done I thought for you meant like he retired or something. No, like no, 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 no. I don't retire. know how hurt. I can't remember how hurt he was. He was pretty hurt, though. I mean, it makes a difference because, I mean, like... Oh, yeah, he tore an ACL. Tore his ACL. So, I mean, like... Minor. <laughs> yeah, but if you have Robert... Because if you have... Here's the thing about Robert Woods, even. Robert Woods is willing to do all the stuff that Odell Beckham Jr. was never willing to do. Like, Robert Woods, if you've ever... Because now I have to watch this dude play my Seahawks twice a year. He is consistently downfield blocking. Consistently, find, like, blocking for other receivers, yep. sets picks, like... The dude does all the trench dirty work. trench work. Odell Beckham Jr. He's not. He's not that guy. Mm-mm. 
He's he, not that guy. He was supposed to change the culture in Cleveland, and he did. Turn him into a team that I'm telling you is going to be six and six after. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't know. I guess there's part of you that wants great players to like rise up and be great, but boy, I don't know. They have to do it themselves, though. He's just. He just never quite got there. And as great as that catch is, like, I feel like I see it every week now. Like, not that catch, yeah, right? Yeah. But like, there's a catch every week that to me is like holy cow, like, how did he catch that? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I feel like Adams does it almost, like, weekly. Like, like, in, like a catch we could never make even if we tried. Yeah, and I mean, as a guy who watches the Seahawks, like, DK Metcalf makes catches like that, like, a lot. Um, and I don't think Metcalf is, you know, even a top 10 receiver, but... i take him over Odell still. I would, too. Well, absolutely I mm-hmm. would, you know? I just, I don't know. Effort-wise, it, it's just such a... It's weird. It's hard to have to bring a guy in like that with that kind of mentality and think he's going to be an asset to your team. Because, like you said, not only does he 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 doesn't even try unless the play is going towards him. So if he doesn't do that, then he's just he's checked out. He's a bad he's a bad head to have in your off in your locker room. Well, I mean, just the sheer lack of production that he has had. Like, there's nothing to hang your hat on and be like, this guy is actually he spent a year being a really good wide receiver. Like, it's just he made one catch, right? He had a couple big games, a two-touchdown game here, three-touchdown. Yeah. But then there's no consistency in his career to show the, a trajectory of success. Absolutely I just, none. I just can't see him liking being the number two option to Cooper Cup. <laughs> yeah. I just can't see it. Yeah. Like, I just – it doesn't remind you a little bit of, like, the Thielen and uh, Diggs. Diggs dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like, where Diggs just didn't like being the second option. Right. Like, is this – is this really going to hurt the Rams more than we think it is? Yeah. Yeah, and I, cause I think Stafford looks to cup the way he looked to uh, Megatron back in the day. Like that same kind of like, because Cooper Cup is open. Like, yeah. All the time, right? Yeah. It's like Devontae Adams. Like when you see Rodgers like release the ball and Devontae Adams is like 10 yards, like there's a circle of guys 10 yards away and you're always just like, why the hell don't they cover that guy? Yeah. I mean, some guys are just like good like that. Cooper Cup is just like that. I don't know if you've ever watched like Hunter Renfro, by the way. Watch him on that Raiders game. He's always open. Mm-hmm. That's wild to me. He's also got a – I think uh, that other receiver is really good on that team. Braylon, Ed- is Braylon Edwards, is that his name? For – For the Raiders. For the Raiders. Yeah, he's quite good. Oh, yeah. He's quite good. Yeah. And he makes that easier. So I just think Beckham is just kind of – just kind of window dressing on that team. But I just don't get the Rams, I guess. I don't. I, think, get I can't imagine either. if they were at full speed. If they did have Robert Woods and they did have Cam oh, Akers, yeah, <sighs> yeah, different team. That's Dude, for sure. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that's a team that's really surprised me by not signing like Adrian Peterson. I thought they would take a risk because I just don't see Henderson as being like a Super Bowl winning running back. You, you wouldn't hang your head on him, but I, I guess people wouldn't say James Starks is either. Yeah, but uh, as we are towards the back end of this interview, I mean, it's been back already nine. an hour and a half. <laughs> Holy cow. We've we do been, this every time. We yeah, do. I know, and it's easy too. Do you have a pick for MVP? We've had a couple injuries to Derrick Henry that's really shifted my, what, who I think will be the MVP. A well, lot of people say Jonathan Taylor after the big game he just had. Boy, what a player. Mm-hmm. He's a stud. Colts get to the playoffs. Colts a three seed or better. He has to be, right? At this point, who I else would think is so. I mean, yeah. he, he has to. I'm, I'm going to throw, like, but there's always, like, here's the deal, right? When you're, like, still got five games to play, or seven games to play, right? So that's seven? Yeah, we're at seven to play. Yeah. Six for some teams. So much can happen on this backside. Oh, yeah. Because, like, six games from now, would it surprise you to see Rodgers go 
six games with 19 touchdowns, two interceptions on the way out. Would it surprise you? No. Why don't you play the Vikings? It's not unrealistic. It's all, like, so, so if Rodgers does that, doesn't it put him at like 40 touchdowns, five interceptions? Like, then you have to think, well, you know, here's a guy, again, with no talent around him, again, with mm-hmm. Aaron Jones out. You know, is he your right. guy? Uh, I think right now, I think Brady will get a lot of run, which is weird because, like, at the same time, you take Rodgers, you, you, you take Matt Ryan and put him on on the Buccaneers. Oh, that's what I want. You know what? It's so funny because you're talking about like topics. I almost sent you a topic last night, which is, could you make an argument that Rob Gronkowski is the greatest football player in the history of the game? Like just mm. not, not like career numbers or anything like that. Like you ever just like watch a game with Rob Gronkowski and you're like, what? Like he played fullback last night and was like a lead blocker. He caught a ball and a guy went up, a safety went up and hit him. And Gronkowski was moving like two miles an hour. <laughs> And the safety hit him full speed and went bang <laughs> and fell to the ground. Like a dead And Gronkowski like pulled his leg out like the way you would if you're wrapped up in your bed sheets. And then stumbled like three more yards and then got tackled. And I'm just like, what a big dumb animal that guy is. Like, I just love watching him play football. <laughs> like two miles so I almost sent you a message last night like, is this the greatest football player ever? Like for no other reason than like, he's just an unstoppable freak show. Yeah. I, I feel like MVP right now has got to be, it, it's Brady Taylor 1-2. You if can... it's Brady, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a fit. It, that offense is so besides Gronk, is the most boring offense to watch. Throwing a, you know, the a negative yard one yard pass and then receiver to, just jogs into Evans. the end zone. Yeah, it's like, argue, come on. I would argue. Gronk. I get what you're saying. I would argue Steelers is just a terrible offense to watch. But oh. yeah, I get what you're saying. It, it's just it's it's hot. not fun. It, it's like all right, well they're gonna march down, throw a screen, and they'll jaunt into the end zone for yeah. five yards. Guess and... what, dude? He screened his way to seven Super Bowls. Exactly. I, I know, and that's what I mean. I'm not arguing the stats. That's stats are stats, right. and that's I mean, and right. what it's it is. Awful but to watch. It's not fun to watch, but it's effective. It's death by a thousand paper cuts. He did it to the Packers last year in that playoff game. Just, just like it was like a slow death. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not fun to watch. Yeah, no, it's just like it, it's the worst. It's the absolute. I I feel like Rodgers is there. I I feel like there's a real interesting case to be made. If like just based on stats right now, oh man, am I going to say something that this Uh-oh. is just for one person? Mm-hmm. And I know he's not going to be listening, but this is for Sam Fonder. He <laughs> <laughs> will. He'll listen. Have you looked at Kirk Cousins' stats? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Let's just say the Packers collapse a little bit. Lots of injuries, man. Like, as much as I love the Packers right now, like, you know, making the playoffs. No, I get what you're stuff. saying. It's, it very well could happen. Tough like, schedule, too. Could they Could they end up, like, you know, 9-8 and eight or 10 and, and whatever? Could the Vikings, like, get in the playoffs and maybe pull, like, an upset? Like, Cousins has put up some pretty wild numbers you guys like pretty crazy stuff for you know like he's also just gonna throw absolute bone crushing interception right almost did on sunday he tried to do it twice yeah twice whoever 29 is the Packers, like missed douglas or whatever missed that resume douglas uh there was two interceptions to darnell savage that was one negated by replay he dropped it and then one negated by a penalty the ref and the passer yep and then he threw that the one that thielen caught at the end down i mean Twenty nine. It, it was like it was almost like a yep. glitch in a Madden game yeah. where the ball went through him. It's yeah. like because you saw him. I, I said to Owen, "I'm watching this game. Like I saw him catch that ball. I saw twenty nine grab it. Like my eyes told me that he caught it and ran the other way. And then all of a sudden Thielen is running, and my brain got confused. Like what happened on that play? I I think it's hard to say. Jonathan Taylor is not the MVP when you watch him play. Oh yeah. Yep. At the same time, like, do I think he's the best player in football? I mean, Kyler Murray. Is almost unstoppable. I made but the case for missing, him a few episodes games. ago. 
you know, missing yes. games. Yep. Uh, Derrick Henry, missing games. Like, you almost have to play on a 17-game schedule. You have to play 15 games, right? Um, and I, I don't know who else it is. Like, even the teams that are winning, Mahomes isn't putting up any numbers, like, at all. Like, there's a lot of teams winning that really are kind of passing the stats around. There's, like, mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, it's very even field right now. I think the quarterback from San Diego is really intriguing. Uh, uh, Hebert, Herbert. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Herbert. Mm-hmm. He's fun to watch. Hebert, Herbert, whatever it is. Isn't <laughs> Hebert, that West Coast? Yeah. It's West Coast football to me. Like, you lose me. Like, I, I don't watch, like, enough. We don't San get Diego. it here. Even yeah. Reds, the only thing you'll ever see West time West Coast football if there's not a if it's like Cardinals Seahawks you'll only see it on Red Zone you'll never yeah. watch it if it's not prime time and then the other guy too it's like you know he has a good game this week and maybe they they roll some more teams like Dak Prescott pretty impressive numbers that's true that's I mean, true they're having a, an McCarthy's impressive doing year a great job with him down there I can't argue that a Kellen Moore calling the plays he's doing a great job down Correct. there. And, you know, the thing that gets me, and the Cowboys do it so often, but all teams, even in college, the, the wide receiver screen behind the line of scrimmage, that just gets stopped every time. Yeah, the quick pass. Yeah. Why is that a play call in anybody's playbook? And it's called so frequently. It is. Me and Christian, friend of the show, Christian, we we always say that. Every time it's called, we look at each other and go, why did they call that play? True, true story about that. I'm going to tell you a quick story. So, Ashwaubenon on High School, I'm coaching 7th and 8th grade football back in the day. You remember I that? I remember this. Back yep. in the day. I have, like, I have James Morgan's little brother at quarterback. Like, so I have like Chris oh, wow. Morgan, who's going to play basketball at uh, 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 Purdue-Fort Wayne. Like, he's going to play athlete. D1 basketball. He's an athlete. Yeah. So I have this kid, like 7th and 8th grade. Freaking awesome. Best, best football player I've ever coached in my entire life. And it's not even like close. The Ashwaubenon head coach or uh, offensive coaches or whatever, like come down to like give us a clinic on how to run run our team. I'm rolling my eyes for everybody out there. <laughs> and they literally like go through this play like it has to be a staple in our offense. And they walk away from me and Chris and I turn to Morgan. I'm like, we're never using that play. He goes, good. Yep. <laughs> Dumb. I hate that play so much. Yeah. It, you know, I see what you're trying to get a numbers game going, right? You try to like get that matchup. It's usually like but, a stack or, or a bunch where there's two wide receivers to block and one will get it. And in every the pass. once in a while you see a guy that like busts it. But it almost has to be a guy like Adams who busts it when like uh Tanyan and Lazard, uh, Lazard and MVS when they're Cobb. all healthy and they all sell out. Because mm-hmm. oh, it's yeah. gotta be a sellout. You know, like I see like the Rams do it with Cooper Cup when Robert uh, Woods is healthy. Now watch them run it yep. coming up, and I bet that it doesn't run for anything. Well, the Packers do it, and most teams usually do it when they're smart enough to do it, is when there's soft coverage. When the cornerback is 10 yards off, and it's like first and 10, second and nine, and the cornerback is playing it like the first down marker. There's That's a, a way to run easy it opportunity. Too. Yeah, we used to, when I did run it, I'd run it with a trip set. So you run trips right, yep. and the, the farthest receiver, you have him bubble back behind okay. the other two receivers. Yep. You can maybe break that, but even then, it was more like a running play. I just don't know why they use it so much. When at the same time, like like that Packers Seahawks game, like it was like a clinic in uh, screen passes. Why they don't do? Why teams don't do that again? Because it seems like it's open a lot. Like yeah, I don't know why teams don't do that. It is. It, I wonder what the analytics tell about those little screen or not that screen, but the you know just those passes. Quick, oh, quick yeah, wide, I, it's I, a screen, a wide receiver screen. I wonder what. They why? must. They so must. There's got to be a why behind it. Right? Yeah, there has to be a reason why they run it so often. And analytics must show that more often than not, they produce positive yards. But it certainly seems like it they don't when it matters. At the same time, like how many times? Don't you feel 
new NFL to me, like I mean, like last five or six years is like a. There's so many Sean McVay's coaching now. Oh yeah, that they all want to be right. Because don't you even feel like when you watch the Packers, like it'll be fourth and six inches or fourth and a foot, fourth and a yard, and you're like, all right, let's go, AJ Dillon, right? Yep. And then Rodgers comes out in the shotgun, and you're screaming at the TV. Oh yeah, yep. Like, what are you doing? You know, like because it, it it seems like today's NFL is just so weird, like mm-hmm. that. Like we're like at the same time fourth and a foot in Tampa. You know exactly what Brady's going to do. He walks up to the center, slaps him on the butt. They go forward, and he falls a yard. Yeah, and it's a first down, and it's boring. To your point, the yeah. most boring offense in the world, and it's first and ten. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where you watch like a Seahawks it. game, it's always a naked bootleg for Russ, yeah. and he overthrows Lockett by ten yards. Brady will throw a beautiful spiral to a receiver ten yards open. <laughs> Nobody around him, fit it into a window. That's how I was introduced to like one some account on Twitter. Like he would go through the progression of every single Brady throw. I know it. I know the. And I can't yeah. say the name of the account, yep. but he would every time you do it, he's like, "Tom Brady's forty-one years old." <laughs> yep. <laughs> I know, it made me I laugh know, yep. every time. I'm yep. glad you didn't say the name of the account because yeah. I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <sighs> that'll just about do it. I mean, wow, is it already this time of the day? Holy cow! If Sam Fonder is listening, I want to just reiterate that Notre Dame is easily two touchdowns better than Ohio State, and I just want to make sure he knows that. <laughs> that even okay. though they're going to miss the playoffs, and Ohio State is going to get blasted, absolutely blasted by Cincinnati. I want everybody I to know Notre Dame is two touchdowns better than anybody in the Big Ten. The playful banter between Jason and Sam. Jason, the Notre Dame guy. Sam, the Ohio State guy. Sam has a little Notre Dame to him as well. But the the banter between I I like it the banter here. Uh, uh, Sam Fonder's story because I know he's not listening is that he was waitlisted at Notre Dame but Ohio State accepted him when he applied for colleges so I think that turned him on oh, Notre Dame. Oh, I see, I see. Because he didn't like being waitlisted. He's out in Massachusetts getting the yeah sports psychology degree and uh, he's coaching baseball out there. Yeah, he's a grad assistant coach doing all kinds of stuff with pitchers and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Thanks, Jason, for coming around hey, to the podcast. Me, it, it, uh, season 7, rolling right along. Have a happy Thanksgiving to Tony G Nation. Same to you guys as well. This has been another episode of the Tony G Show, Season 7, coming to a close soon. Thanks for listening to the Tony G Show. Support the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Chancellor Bruce is a punk. <laughs> Start right there.